There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. Hey, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. We help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. My guest for this episode makes me smile because this is a very interesting subject. Uh, It is Wade Millward, and he is the founder and CEO of Rycor, and we're going to get straight into it. Wade, thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thank you so much, James. Now, is it James or Jim? No, (laughs) no. I the only people that call me Jim or Jimmy are Medicare uh, recipients. (laughs) You know, the sixty-five and older crowd. Now I know. I I kid you not. No, (laughs) it's funny you went there right at the beginning of the episode because. You know, I this happened a few few years ago, but I tell the story because it's just so dang funny and indicative of that uh, segment of the population. I literally introduced myself to this individual as James, and he responds yeah. with, "Hi, Jim, nice to meet you." And I'm like, <laughs> "I literally just told you that my name is James." But he, where, you know, where, he was 75. Where did they get br- it from? It's like James. No, yeah, no, Jim. Hey, Jimmy. Hey, what's up? Yeah, I've gotten Jimmy before. Again, like someone who's, <laughs> whose head is turned with white with hair, you know? I love Anyways, it. now that we're totally off the rails, not even 90 seconds into the episode. <laughs> yeah, it is James, not Jim or Jimmy or Jimbo or anything else okay, like that. Okay, so. we got it. Oh, man. Uh, Wade, you are, was it Utah? Is that where you guys are at? Yeah, Utah. Man, what I'm a, Utah. that's God's country, man. It is beautiful it is. out there. It is God's country. I I keep telling people that, and I just want to I want to keep it God's country. That's the thing. What is it? The the most national parks outside of I don't like Colorado or something like other than Colorado, you guys have what like dozens of national parks it, out there, right? Yeah, it, it's incredible. I literally from ten ten minutes away from my house is is one of them. I can just drive down the hill, go mm. to a, go to the canyon, get inside of it. It's amazing. Was that Bryce or a different one? No, that's down south. So I I live next to uh, northern Utah. So like American Fork Canyon, you can look it up. Mm. Bryce and Zions and Canyonlands and all that kind of stuff is down south, southern Utah. Mm. Man, yeah, Utah cool. is just a beautiful state. So for those that don't know you, what's your claim to fame? Like, give us the, the, the Wade Millward story, four or five minutes, whatever you want to hit on, anything that you think would be interesting for the audience. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep it interesting. I think it kind of starts with Right before my career, I lived in the Philippines for two years. I was a missionary for my church. That was an incredible experience. Uh, you learn, you know, you become fluent in that native language. Mm. I come home, I get married really quick. So that's also interesting. I got married within four months. So I was 21 years old to a an incredible woman that I've known since I was 12 years old. So I had a crush on her since I was 12. 
she didn't care about me until much, much later. And mm. <laughs> so that was cool. And we have two kids, nine and five, two girls. They're, they're great. And then, uh, so I'm going to pause yeah. for a second before you skip ahead. Like we don't ever really get into that personal side of stuff for almost any of these episodes, but you just gave me an in to what I'm sure is a really interesting story. So before we fast forward to kids and insurance and other stuff, how did you win the girl? What was it yes. that made her start paying attention to you? It's all about sales guys. At the end of the day, it's sales. So <laughs> amen so, to that. Amen. Yes. <laughs> So I'm on my mission and uh, we're, we were friends beforehand, but she starts writing me letters and uh, we're like, okay, cool. Let's date when I get home. So I get home and she's dating this guy. And I like to describe this guy because he's much more handsome than I am, right? He's 6'3", he's got brown hair, he's got blue eyes. The guy plays the drums. I mean, you know, how do you beat this guy? But I'm pretty persistent and I, I had this, you know, thing going on for, I mean, the better part of almost a decade at that point that I had a crush mm. on her. So I'm like, I'm going to take her out no matter what. So the time comes. The buildup is there. The suspense is there. We go on this first date and it's just terrible. Just a terrible first date. Mm. I take her home after the night and we don't talk for like three months. Out of the blue, she calls me. I'm like, oh, this is real interesting. There's got to be a reason that she's calling me. So she asked me a question that she already knew the answer to. And I knew that she knew, but she was calling me anyway. So it gave her an excuse to call me is what I kind of figured out. So we go out that night. And at the end of the night, she takes me home. I don't know why she drove, to be honest, but she did. And she takes me home. And before I get out of the car, I look at her again. I go, look, I still like you. I know you're still dating this guy, uh, but I'm, I'm into you and I want to date you. You tell me if you're interested or not, but I'm not really like the friend thing. I'm not. That's not my thing. Get this. The next day, she breaks up with the guy. Winning. <laughs> Winning. She Winning. Did you fist pump the air? Tell the truth. You fist like, pumped the air, didn't you? Like that. Yes. Just like that. Fist. So oh, then man. she she calls me or whatever it was, text. I don't know. I'd probably a phone call at that time. And she goes, look, I just broke up with the guy. I won't say his name because I'm sure he's going to be listening to the Agency Freedom podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and Of uh, course, yes. We're, of course. we're a very big deal. <laughs> That's right. So So we start to date. And sure enough, this thing progresses rapidly. But here's where it gets real interesting. Five days later. The guy, I'll call him Steve, calls her out of the blue and says, hey, meet me by Mission Viejo Lake. I want to talk to you. So she does. She goes down there, gets out of her car, walks up to the lake. It's really pretty. Lake behind her, nice big homes, all that kind of stuff. And the guy drops down on one knee mm. with, a, with a ring. No, he did not. And proposes to her. Oh, my God. This is five. Okay, you ready for this, James? Five days after we started whatever dating or seeing each other or talking – yeah. She calls me. I'm at work. I'm doing insurance at the time, and I'm I'm just slinging. I'm doing cold calls all day, every day, just cold calling. Mm. I get a call from her out of the blue, kind of frantic, a little panicky. Wade, Joel. Oh, oh my gosh, I just called <laughs> Steve. Steve just proposed to me. Are we getting married five days after? And so I don't know. <laughs> so I'm what I'm, on <laughs> earth, man? Mind you, this I've is known- such a better story than I thought it was going to be. Holy this crap, a, man. Oh, it's a great story. I, what so a I'm great saying- way to start this episode. People yeah, listening yeah. be like, what? What? So so there I am at my, 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 everybody can relate with me that's been in the insurance industry for a while. I'm at my brown wooden desk with my screen in front of me. We all know the desk. Yes, yeah. the desk, the oh, same yeah. one. The phone's next to me. I got my Excel spreadsheet with a hundred thousand phone, like numbers to call. 
Yep. And she she asked me that question. And to be honest, like my immediate response was yes. So she goes back so to this guy. So she calls you on the spot and is like, on hey, I've got this offer from this other guy. I'm into him, but <laughs> yeah. I'm into you more. Yeah. So yes. if you want to match his offer, let's do this. Yes. Yes. <laughs> is that how yes. it went? Yes. Oh so, my gosh. So, so she I gave say, you last look is what you're telling me. She get, she gave me last look. I go, look, I typically don't like competition, you know, the BOR thing, all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, oh, man. so she goes back to this guy, poor guy, and uh, tells him Is he him still no. on one knee? Did he stay down there while she called uh, you? Then, I, I hold like, on a second. For just a second, can we, admit, can we imagine this poor schmuck, Steve, we'll call him Steve, <laughs> Steve. to protect the innocent. He proposes to her and she calls you. Yes, she said, hold on, stop, She's, pause. Oh my God, she said, hold on. Yes. He, he's literally on his knee and she says, hold yes. on. This yes. is the best episode of my entire podcast <laughs> right now. Yes. Oh my gosh, man. Yes. Wow. So she so, calls you and you say, yeah, I'm down. Let's get married. Let's do it. Three months later, <laughs> married. Three months. Wow. There you well, go. It took you 10 years to get to that point. It's not really that me- fast when you think about it persistence guys that's sales i don't stop it how many how many times until you get the yes after eight eight years there you go yeah. done <laughs> it's at least seven touch points so over the, <laughs> over the course of 10 years you got to have at least seven touch points wade there you go so what what i'm hearing from you is whether you're selling an insurance policy or oh i don't know the rest of your life together yeah, yeah. the the approach is the same persistence pays off persistence don't be creepy about it but persistence oh pays off you can go ahead and tell the rest of your story after that. Sorry, but I knew, I knew there was some was goodness good. in there, man. Good yeah, stuff. You found, okay, you so found you get it. you get with your bride. You guys have a couple of kids. You're already yeah. in the insurance game. Then what? Yeah, great. So I, I work for my dad. My I have a long line of kind of like a lot of other people that get into the industry where it's just like I don't know. You just get into it. The family does it. My grandfather started an agency back in 1947. My dad got into it in the 70s. I get into it in 2008. Um, I started as a you know commercial insurance producer making eight bucks an hour doing cold calls and trying to build a book of business for him or for me. Eventually grow a sizable commercial insurance book of business. I worked with him for about 14 years and near the end, the, the last four years became a little bit more challenging where I started to develop my own core belief system. I started to develop, I was very interested in, in innovation and creating technology to be able to differentiate ourselves and to provide value to customers. I saw kind of like this um, this movement happening within the insurance industry, but I wanted to merge these two, two different worlds together, not just like straight digital, but not just straight like, you know, I'm talking about analog. Yeah. I wanted to combine them. How, how do we leverage technology to be able to optimize like this human experience? How do we how do we help consultants or producers talk with more people and let technology do the mundane work, the minutiae, the, the data entry garbage? And I really attribute that kind of desire to building our own agency management system. So my dad's insane. In 2004, he went away from an MS-DOS-based system and decided to build his own management system from the ground up. So at the time, it was built in this crazy technology called Cold Fusion. He had some cowboy developer that helped him build it over the course of four years. And sure enough, that's right when I started. So I Mm. I had no other prior experience with other agency management systems aside from our own. And I really quickly took over product ownership and product development for the rest of my career. So I I was building software, which was inherent to me because... 
I just adopted it right when I came on and started my career. And so I was selling insurance, servicing insurance, and building this agency management system that was just for ourselves. But all the while, you start to build up habits. And the habits are asking questions. Ask why. Why not this? Why not that? Like, what about this? Why can't we do it this way? And so you you start doing that over the over a, the course of a decade while selling insurance, and you start to see every single problem. Every single problem is exposed. Like you, they they cannot hide anymore. And so I finally get to a point where he was in a lifestyle business. You know, he's nearing his seventies now, almost and very comfortable, makes very very good money. And so why bother? You know, he doesn't need to change anymore because he's near the end. And I'm like, this I I'm just starting. Like I gotta yeah. I gotta do stuff, man. So we finally, uh, there's there's more to that, but I'll kind of maybe just jump ahead. But we had a, a nice good falling out. It was very awkward for quite some time. We have made amends since then, but I started my own company in March of 2020. Um, I am a COVID baby. I was birthed right at the inception of COVID, which made for an interesting time to start a company. And then really got out in August of 21 and started getting traction in December of 21. That's it. That's where we're at. Love it. You yeah. know, th- there is such a weird benefit, a blessing almost. It sounds so strange to say that, to launch a business in the middle of a terrible, terrible situation because yeah. it is such an accelerator, right? Because, I mean, we weren't that close to the launch of COVID, but we were less than a year old when COVID yeah. hit. We launched April 1st of 19. So we were, you know, just a smidge less than a year when the entire world falls apart. Yeah, yeah. And I imagine from what you just described that we probably had somewhat similar experience yeah. where it is just trial by fire every single day. Just come to the office and lean in, embrace the suck, as yes. they say in the Navy SEALs, and you know, just get after it and make it happen. Will the results into existence? Yeah, I think you said it well. I think hard times make strong men. And what that requires you to do is it to adapt and to innovate. It requires you to adapt and innovate. You can't sit idly by and say everything's fine and dandy. It's like, no, 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 no. We don't survive another day unless we start asking questions and start iterating our processes or figuring out what to do with this hybrid, whatever it is, like whatever you were dealing with. So like 100%, I was born in COVID. And so like, to, for me, I think it was a blessing. And people say like, well, that must've been difficult. And I go, well, no, because here's the difference. I created a new product category. That's what we've done. What we do doesn't exist yet. And so mm. I was making cold calls into insurance companies and talking with these different types of reps that I know for a fact I would have never been able to speak to before COVID. I was doing the same thing with presidents of large software companies that were doing hundred plus million dollars in revenue. And I would get them. I would get a call with these guys and they were at home. They were in a nice shirt. They were in their jeans. They had their guitars in the background and we were able to connect on a personal level. And so I tell people, well, people were humanized during COVID and you could actually talk with them. Their guards were down. So it was a different experience. And I, I honestly think that propelled our, you know, I, while it still took me quite a while to kind of get out there, it's, I, I believe it propelled us at the same time. I love it, man. It Looking back on it, it almost seems surreal. It almost seems yeah. like a made up story. Because <laughs> when I remember going to San Diego at Innovation 2020, it was a conference in the industry. It was really my first industry conference. And I have memories of San Diego. I remember being in the audience uh, when folks are on stage. I have very distinct memories of what they talked about on stage. But that that fragment of memory combined with, that was six weeks before COVID happened. And wow. like you get home from San Diego and six weeks later COVID happens. It's like those two things 
or totally are pretty different. linear in their timeline. They happened right after each other, but they're so distant in yes. my brain. Yes. And it's like re- remembering, hey, this is where you were. This is what was going on when when the world shut down on March 16th, yeah. 2020. It's bonkers, man. It's such a crazy thing that we all got to live through. It is. It's unlike any other experience that has ever happened before, right? In modern civilization, it, it's never happened. And so we were the first to go through it. We experienced it. I, I, I don't want ever want to do it again. I think, I hope that we've learned a lot from it, right? And we can come out of yeah. it and be better. So we'll see. We could camp out on COVID land forever, I feel like. But I want to hear more about your story. Yeah. What inspired you mm. to launch what has now become a totally separate company? I'm guessing yeah. it started out yeah. as just a marketing idea inside of your family agency, right? You're 100% right. The intention was to develop it within the family agency. I I tried. Like I said, I got a lot of pushback. My dad wasn't really interested in taking what he saw as risk. And so I see risk differently. I I think we're probably very like-minded. And so I see risk in not innovating, whereas other people see risk in in, uh, innovating. And yep. so I see the existing insurance agencies and the way they've done things for the past, you know, let's call it a century as a dying breed. Now, that doesn't mean they're doing everything wrong. I think there are a lot of things that they are doing correctly, but I, I do believe that it is a dying breed. And so I go, look, if you're not innovating, you're dying. So this all started in 2018. As I mentioned, I built a sizable book of business. I had the habit of asking why. I was very open to opportunity and to creating unique solutions with technology. One of my existing customers randomly approached me, a franchisee. Her name is Heidi Pei. I'll never forget her because she is part of the story. And she is the second largest franchisee of the Sotheby's International Realty franchise brand. It's a high net worth individual mm-hmm. real estate yeah. sales. Yep. We have them here in the Dallas area. There you go. 900 franchisee system. It's a large franchise brand. She is the second largest. At the time, they were doing over $100 million in revenue, 600 brokers. So she's no joke. She calls me up, wait, I've got two problems, feeding me on a silver platter with a silver spoon. She tells you up front what her problems are. She tells Golly. me what her, right? I don't have to go digging. She comes wait, to me. Wait, here are my pain points. Here I'm going to cut our hour-long <laughs> conversation into five minutes. These yes. are two things you need to solve to win my business. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so she goes, she goes, certificates of insurance and leveraging our buying power. I'll never forget it. And I know, and you know too, that any large broker, Brown and Brown, Marsh, Gallagher, they can easily put together a nice little program for Sotheby's and and they'll eat it up all day long. I didn't want to just put together a program. I wanted to create something unique that's actually solved their problem. And so I put together this concept, pitch deck. It came to me in a moment, literally not that day. The next day I scarved out some time and you know how it happens where you like this, you're in that state of flow and all of a sudden... It's really bizarre. It's very surreal. Everything flashed to me and I started typing it out on like a stupid yep. presentation. You know, you know how it is, a pitch, whatever it's called. I had some designer help me and I just kept talking to him and finally he got it to where I thought it was supposed to be. Mm. So I go, hey, is it, I is it for yeah. you? Is that usually happen in a dimly lit coffee shop? Because <laughs> for me, I feel like you're always sitting in some dingy leather sofa that's been sat on 10,000 times. <laughs> And there's some random jazz music playing and you're sipping some kind of overpriced coffee drink, but it's always dark and dim in the coffee shop when you're just like in flow. Like for me, that's, that's where flow happens. What's your flow? What was that? What was that like for you when you get this million dollar idea? Yeah. Honestly, at that moment, most of my ideas come to me like, um, 
I'm kind of like the shower guy or like a driving guy where I'm mm-hmm. just doing something that doesn't take a lot of like mental um, bandwidth, mental bandwidth. Exactly. And so like my latent memory is just kicking in hard drive or, or uh, super drive and like, or my subconscious, right. is just cranking out that different ideas. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So I, at that moment though, I, I honestly think it came to me when I was at the desk, oddly enough, I carved out the, the amount of time and mm. I, there's a little bit of backstory there too, because I actually modified my environment. I had this feeling that like, I wasn't being able to access flow as much as I could have been. And I physically modified my environment where I would change the, you know, whether it was the way I was sitting, I would close the blinds. I would actually, I would have incense. It was re- really strange, but I did incense for probably about four years. And I also would listen to classical music and all of these things combined for whatever reason got me in like the right state of mind to be able to do these things. And to this day, I, I still modify my environment. I don't burn incense anymore because I work out of my house still, but I probably will one day because I really enjoyed it. So you got to get so, your bride's permission, right? That's right. <laughs> what does so, that smell? Uh, it's giving me a headache. <laughs> I know. I, I don't know. It's strange. <laughs> that's, so, what, that's what Allison would say if I burned incense without her oh, permission. Yeah, totally. Totally. Same. So I, I, um, I go back to Heidi. I go, Heidi, look, you know, what do you think? And she, she's like, she loves it. She's totally stoked on this thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, really? She's like, yes. So she even helps me iterate this thing. She takes it. She starts tweaking it, put some words in here. To, I mean, I'm like, this is incredible. She's working with me hand in hand and side by side on, on this in this pitch deck. And then she goes, I got to get you in front of the, the brand president. So 2018 rolls around, Halloween. Heidi calls me out of the blue. We're having a Halloween party at the family agency. I'm wearing an inflatable unicorn costume. <laughs> she goes, Wade, be ready in six minutes. I'm going to have the president of Sotheby's International Realty on the call, the franchisor. Mm. I go, I go, Heidi, I'm, I'm wearing a costume. Like, what, what are you talking about? She goes, you're going to be ready. Okay. So sure enough, six minutes later, we hop on this call. We didn't do a webcam. A webcam wasn't like the thing at 2018 yet. You know, it was just a phone call. He hops Aren't you on. glad? Because you're still wearing your costume taking this call. Aren't, aren't I glad? <laughs> and uh, man... I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing, right? I didn't know how to pitch it. I didn't know. I was just talking at him, but I was going through the presentation. And at the end of the call, he goes, oh yeah, this is really interesting. I'm like, cool. Maybe there's something here. And of course I have nothing else. I just have a presentation. And so I start doing additional market research. I come across this guy here locally in Utah, who is a very successful franchisor. And I meet up with him. He's nice enough to take my call, nice enough to go out to lunch with me. And I'm going through this thing with him at lunch and I'm in pay, probably, you know, page two, page three, page four. And he stops me. He goes, Wade, how much is this going to cost to build? I go, what do you, I go, Scott, I go, I have, I have no idea, man. And he, and he asked me two, three, four times. I'm like, Scott, I'm not here to ask for money. I'm just asking questions. He goes, let me tell you why I'm asking. He goes, when I was a franchisor, I'm building my brand. I had 150 locations. I'm trying to monitor insurance for all my franchisees. I'm collecting the certificates of insurance. I'm updating my spreadsheet. I'm checking out the boxes. We're doing all these things. But sure enough, something falls through the cracks and the process breaks. And a franchisee is left without workers' compensation. Lapses for Mm non-pay. Well, that franchisee, the perfect storm hit. He hires a, a subcontractor who clearly, of course, doesn't have workers' compensation, goes up on a ladder to paint the home, falls off, and becomes a paraplegic. Oh, my gosh. So he has permanent partial disability and a lifetime of work comp. Yep. Wow. And it wasn't there. And it wasn't there to pay for it. 
So you can imagine the pain, the stress, the frustration, the headache, everything. The franchisee gets sued, of course, after they find out that he has no work comp. He goes BK, he has nothing. And they climb the ladder. They sue the franchisor. They sue Scott. So Scott's in litigation for five years and ends up settling for $5 million. Mm. So he goes, if I had your solution, and he just exited, he just got through this experience and I just met him. Wow. Weird, right? So he goes, if that's, I had your That's crazy, man. Divine Providence. The, yes. the, the timing of all of that, it defies oh, I can't even tell you, man. It was unbelievable. So he goes, if I had your solution, I wouldn't have experienced this. So he goes, you have to build this. The entire industry has this problem. He goes, mm -hmm. I guarantee you. So at the time, I was building some really cool tech and, and again, developing stuff within the family agency. And so I had this feeling of obligation to stick around and continue to see this out. I was trying to focus. I was trying to get this stuff done. But this franchising concept was just so appealing. It was like this big golden nugget. But, dude, I held off for another 18 months before I really jumped in. And fast forward to March of 2020, and we had this massive family falling out. And that was the catalyst for me to move on. I go, this is it. I'm done. I'm an independent contractor. I don't want to take over the agency. I don't want any managerial responsibilities. I don't want to do administration. I don't want it. I'm done. I'll give up my book. So that's, that's an, eventually what happened. Hey, Freedom Jumper. Are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who isn't, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. Wow. And so is the family agency still doing its thing just without you? Yep. Wow. <laughs> that is a wild story, man. Yep. This is the most twisty turny episode <laughs> of my entire podcast. I love it. By far. I Good love it. Golly, man. We haven't even started talking about your company and exactly no. what it does. We've got 26 minutes of lead stuff. in. <laughs> Goodness, man. This is so friggin' compelling. If I'm listening to this episode, I'd be like, oh. <laughs> but I'm sitting here like just as engaged as anybody who's hearing this story would be. Man. That is wild that yeah. all of this stuff happens with your family. Yeah. And I'm guessing your dad just doesn't get it. Is not doesn't willing get to, it. to make not amends, willing. not willing to see your way. And nope. th to that kind of falling out, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. It was, and I work with my two brothers. So the catalyst was they sit me down. I, I'm pretty, you know, I'm like, let's go. Let's move forward. Let's keep happening. Let's keep doing things. They sit me down one day because they didn't agree with something I did. And they ended up across the table, you and I sitting down and they looked me in the eyes. And so we're suspending you for two weeks. Their brother, I produced 60% of the revenue for the entire agency for the past 14 years. Flawless record. We're going to suspend you for two weeks because we disagree with what you've done. Okay. Let me just pause for a second. Let me take 
the dad hat off yeah. and put the business owner hat on. What? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense at all, man. It doesn't make any sense. So, of course, you go and do your own thing because you. Exactly. I can tell just from 30 minutes of spending time with you, I feel like we have bonded over the ridiculousness of your story uh, and how just crazy it is that you have gotten to this point. I mean, wild. First off, uh, wow, I don't even know what to say about the whole like on one knee thing. Like, I'm just recollecting, just like reliving the stuff from. 20 minutes ago and now this with the family and it's yeah. like wow what a crazy life dude you've got to have a good head on your shoulders to endure that kind oh. of wild ride so at that point i'm guessing you already had the idea was already born exactly how you're doing it did you already have developers hired was was money already flowing at that point did you get no. the investor from the franchise no. or so i called up that guy again scott i go scott this has been the two weeks i was suspended i go i made up my mind i had plan a this was it. I was going to make it, you know, this was going to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. I go, Scott, hey, man, I know it's been a minute. You know, are you still interested in this thing? And uh, sure enough, he was. Actually, there's more story to that, too. There was a different guy that jumped on with me first, but I, it's okay. So That's neither here nor there. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. So Scott Scott jumps on. He's like, yeah, for sure. So we figure out the equity split, all that kind of stuff. He starts putting in some money. We put money in together. I didn't have developers. I didn't have the, like everything was built out yet, right? Like it was, it was kind of like an ideation just period of time. And and at the time, I actually wanted to do real time insurance verification. I wanted to come out of the gate hot and do real time. Ins- I wanted to kill cord. Like that was my goal. Like how do I kill a cord? And so I started talking with the insurance companies, CNA, Hartford, Nationwide, you name it. I have good connections, so I was able to talk with I, I believe who were the right people. And you know what I found out within two months of doing this, there was no way in hell that they were ever going to do real-time insurance verification anytime soon. They just didn't care enough. Yeah. There's no reason. And Accord spends a lot of money to stay where they are. Yeah. So I started thinking, I'm like, I got to change this business model real fast because this is not going to work. So that's where we start. You know, I, I just, I don't know what happened, man. It just started coming to me again. You just keep thinking about the problem. I call it proactive procrastination. Don't try to solve the problem immediately. Sometimes you just got to think about it, right? You kind of kind of procrastinate it. So that's what happened. We started build, developing this business model and I came up with this you know, thing and I kept pitching it to Sky. He goes, that's it. Let's, let's try that out. So we went down the path of this uh, insurance verification model where we can actually do you know, certificate of insurance tracking, built out our own tech from the ground up. At the same time, I was trying to pull out two different things, right? So I was doing insurance verification, but I also wanted to do real-time curated quotes directly from insurance companies. So API distribution. I hooked up with a third-party vendor and real painful long story about that. But to sum it up, we were with them for about a year, dumped a bunch of money, put it on fire, you know, kicked it over and it just threw it in the garbage after that because it never worked out. And uh, mm. that's when I realized that building is better from, for yeah. some things, right? Like I had control. So are, are you aware of a company called Trust Layer? For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. That what you're describing, it seems like a more curated, a more laser focused version of the sort of yes. stuff that Trust Layer is doing, where they're a generalist and you're very focused on a certain client profile, a certain type, like franchisor in this case. Yeah. That's, I'm sorry if I'm rude for name dropping someone that might kind of a little bit be competition, but I don't really see them in that light. So. You go from from this inception stage, you have the API conversations, you shift your focus, then what? Then um, 
I hire a developer. This is a kind of interesting story. I actually find a tech co-founder. I, I read a bunch of books and I go, well, it sounds like it's important to find a tech co-founder, so I better do that next. I didn't mm -hmm. have anybody in my back pocket, which is the best case scenario. I go on LinkedIn. At the time, I was kind of building up a little bit of a network with insure tech guys and stuff like that. So I posted something and this guy, really nice guy, comes on. He goes, hey, I'm interested in chatting. So we start dating for a little bit. We date probably for one or two months. I go, hey, maybe this will work out. So he comes on board, negotiate all that kind of stuff, and he starts helping me out. I go, well, I think I need another developer. And he has a buddy. And both these guys are just kind of working for equity. I'm like, this is cool. See what happens. And I really appreciated them and their contribution. But I saw that it wasn't progressing as quickly as I felt it needed to. And so about five months later, I started looking into just kind of a freelance developer. And I found some guy out of Mexico. His name was Benson. I go, I'm going to tell you more. This is, gets interesting. And I go, I'm immediately I, interested because Benson is not a Mexican name. No, you're going to. So I'll, I immediately I'll, am thinking, how did Benson end up in Mexico? Just, just wait. It's going to be good. <laughs> so I go, oh Benson, I, I, need to, I need your help with this. I need you to start helping me build this stuff. And I go, just start doing this thing. And within two months, he had, you know, kind of the initial MVP kind of prototype built. And I go, this is great. And guess what happens? After that two months, my tech co-founder is like, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I go, that's okay. He was he was great. He released all of his equity, which was really nice, kind of him. That was. Yep. The same day my UX, UI UX designer left. So I was, I was back to me and Benson. The other guy's gone too, the other developer that was helping me out. So everybody's gone. And you have, like you said, you have to have the right mindset because these challenges, these obstacles never stop. And... Turns out, I finally started talking to Benson a little bit more. I go, Benson, hey, man, how's Mexico? Where are you at, man? He's like, oh, I don't live in Mexico. What do you mean? Like, that's what your profile said on Upwork. He goes, oh, I did live in Mexico. I, I just didn't update it. He goes, I live in China. He's actually Chinese. So he, this guy, <laughs> so this guy, Benson Wait, is- Benson's not a Chinese name either. So I Benson, know. whose name is probably like Xiaofang or something. Whatever. Benson gave himself Song. an American name, Benson. Yes. yes. Put himself as- Living in Mexico because he was at the he time, was. but he's actually yeah. a Chinese national. Yes. So during this time, he moves what back. What life to are you living, man? This is so, the wildest story. Oh, uh, so this guy moves back to China, and he's still with me. Benson is still with me this much longer, and, and he has built the core system. We have had several people look at the code. It's very, very good code. We we started to build out our tech team in China, which is very strange. Not many people do that, or ever. We are planning on bringing more developer states side, but yeah, so that's kind of like the initial man inception, like kind of, you know, stuff that you had to get through. And we were able to launch August 21 with this initial platform and focusing hyper-focused on franchise, hyper-focused. That's all we do. Those are the problems that we're, we're solving. Uh, those That's the target audience. Yeah. We know their problem very, very well. It's really cool. But the beautiful thing is when someone says franchise or franchisee, most people's first thought is food service. For sure. And the franchise model goes so far beyond food service. It, it permeates almost every industry. Correct. It's really cool to see, because I'm guessing you guys come into the franchise or you win the franchise or, and then you use them to penetrate the franchisee network and write a crap ton of insurance and get what whatever your other products and services are risk management consulting tax yep. accounting financial advising what i don't know what all you're into 
but they're literally just fish in a barrel every yeah. single time. Because anybody who knows a franchisee knows exactly how this goes. If the franchisor says, hey, we have a great vendor, here they are, they're helpful, they're responsive, they're not cheap, yeah. but they're competitively priced, yes. we yes. think you should work with them. Yes. Your, your close rate is through the roof automatically. Through the roof. It's amazing. Business is very much about trust. I feel like the the past five years and with digital distribution and insurance and a lot of the InsureTech 1.0s that came out, they forgot that. They came out hot, digital first, everything's consu- consumer facing, compared to rating platforms, get your quote. Qu- you know what I get? What pisses me off? Quick and cheap is their all their taglines. You look at all their marketing, quick and cheap, quick and yeah. cheap. We're talking about insurance. Yeah. Okay, we can be we can be quick. We can be a reasonable amount of time, but cheap. No, now you're doing everybody a disservice. You really yeah. are. So you're one hundred percent right. That's when you get your right. justice feathers ruffled. Yeah, it's man. I get I get juiced. And I get you, fired you get up all bothered about you know making something right and yeah. making something better. Yeah. So you never right. said we, those words together. Actually, get my justice feathers ruffled. I don't know where that came from, but let's roll with it. <laughs> We're good. We're good. Oh my gosh. But yeah, we offer this consultation service to the franchisor. We help them establish the proper insurance requirements for the entire brand to protect their brand from reputational harm, unintentional exposure. I mean, right there out of the gate, tons of value for them. No one's done it for, for them yet. No broker has, they already have a broker relationship. They ha- Those guys haven't done it. So then we start looking at this landscape and we're like, all right, Franchisor has one, two, three, you know, four problems. We're going to solve all those. We solve, we're solving them. Franchisee has all these problems, just purchasing the proper coverage. We're solving those. How do we eliminate friction from the insurance purchasing process for these franchisees? We, we took it down. We eliminated the applications. We plug in directly to their systems. We collect all the franchisee data. We have everything. We have all their insurance information too, because guess what? We're doing The franchisor insurance. already has their insurance information on file. Guess what? We're doing you all these. You genius. <laughs> I'm sitting here wishing I'd thought of it myself because it really is a brilliant idea. I I appreciate that. So there's a lot to do still. Phenomenal. I love it. It's fun, man. So are you accepting investors? I would like to write you a check. (laughs) But we are in a different. We're in a different lane than than you mentioned. Trust layer. We're we're in a different lane. We don't. We give away our software insurance verification for free. Yeah. We we give it away because we can monetize it differently. Software for free. Yes, and insurance. 10 times more lucrative than a SAS fee. Yeah, because you have sticky glue sticky. that is just attached that that client to your office because they're never going to leave. Yes, it's amazing. So you, you do everybody right. You build out, oh, we have consultants. I've changed the agency model. We look for consultants. We look for, for technical talent that understands insurance. These guys are incredible. You, you understand that in the agent landscape, there's two types of personas, in my opinion. There's hunters and there's advisors. And yet the industry expects all of us to be both. You have to hunt yep. and you have to advise. Well, a lot of people, I'm sorry, they're just not good hunters and they don't want to be a hunter. And so they, but they love the advising. They love doing the risk management. They love doing the technical stuff. That's who we're looking for. And the reason is the mousetrap that we've built, the marketing system that we've built, we just feed them. Feed them deals all day long. Do, 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 do. Year one, this guy comes in. I hire him in February. He hasn't he hasn't even been here twelve months. He's already at, and we do small business insurance, right? This is, is smaller stuff. It's you know average account size is 
Yeah, know, you're eight, you're probably three to eight thousand in account premium for most of these. Yeah, average account size right now is eighty six hundred bucks. There you go. One point one point three million to, to uh, since February for this one one consultant. It's incredible the amount of volume that they're able to do. No, is that premium or revenue? That's premium. I have a, Revenue would be amazing. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> let's go. Ooh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. So one point three, but still, I mean, you, you think about the average agent and what they do. It's like, yeah, it's but a green producer validating in less than a year. Insane, absolutely insane. Yeah. But now, in all fairness, most people would say he's not a producer; he's an account executive, because you're literally just spoon feeding him deal flow. Yeah. But at the end of the day, who the heck cares? Oh, I, I sure don't. I've changed all the language. I, I don't use account executive. I don't use CSR. And I, I believe language has power and influence. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to be a traditional shop. I didn't want to be a traditional insurance agency. And so all the language is different. We have insurance consultants. We have, uh, you know, I don't know. I can't. We call them the risk advisors at my There shop. you go. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. The traditional insurance agency model, in my opinion, is broken. It's, fun to, it's, it's completely broken. You have nine out of 10 agents failing in two years. That's not success. That's terrible, yeah. terrible odds. Yeah, a nine out of ten agents, and then on the the team member side of things, if you polled a thousand employees of independent insurance agencies and asked them questions like, "Do you feel supported at work? Yeah. Do you feel like your boss cares? Does your boss understand your challenges? Do you get the support that you need?" You know, we're doing a really terrible job. The average agency, the middle of the bell curve agency, is not doing a very good job yeah. at equipping and building up their team and making people happy. And yeah. providing them with what they need to be fulfilled and satisfied in their job role. Yeah. So I imagine the people that you hire, uh, you're finding the ones that want something better. Not necessarily more money, but a better overall experience, a better work-life balance, flexibility in work environment. And having a company like Rycor that brings something to them that's different, that's it's- not the same old, same old. That's compelling, man. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate that. And I think what what really gets people going and what motive, right? Because we all have different motivations. There's intrinsic and there's extrinsic. And what the traditional agency model is, hey, here's a bunch of extrinsic motivation. Here's a bunch of money. Here's bonuses. Here's commission, blah, 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 blah. But by the way, you're going to do everything on your own. You're going to set up your own marketing systems, your sales systems. Like we'll barely support you. And I'm generally speaking, of course. But what gets people going often is ownership is responsibility, is problem solving. I'll give you the problem. You figure it out. Here's where we're headed. Here's the vision. Here's the mission. Here's the values. We've laid it out. This is what, this is where we're headed. This is the big idea. There's going to be a ton of problems in the way. I need you to help me solve them. I do not want to be the guy that solves all the problems. And these guys, these people, people love to be challenged, but you have to break them from the old habits. So if they've been in an insurance agency for too long, Oh man, some hard habits to break. Mm. So as we get ready to land the plane here, as we do with every episode, let me just rally the troops on what Rycord does, because this is not <laughs> a situation uh, where someone's going to call you and want to talk further unless they're trying to do their own thing. This is more like, hey, this is what Wade and his team have done. You go do something like this for yourself. Find the problem, yes. fix the problem, be really you know, engage and enjoy what you're doing and make a whole lot of money doing something that you find enjoyable. That's kind of the secret, right? 
Uh, yeah. It seems like you, I, I could tell from your energy, the look on your face, the way you carry yourself, you really enjoy where you're at in life right now. Like you obviously have a good balance with your family and work side of things. It, it's obvious that Wade's having a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, and that's something that is, is missing from a lot of people's work life. Yeah. No, you're totally right. It's the most fun I've had in my entire career. As a startup founder, right, you're taking a, a tremendous amount of risk with just your financial stability. I've made very, very good money as a producer. And you're, you you have to be at a point in your life where you're willing to give everything up yeah. to see this thing through. And that's what it takes. But I tell people, I go, look, I've never been happier, more satisfied, more fulfilled in my entire professional career than I am now. And we're doing exactly what we want to do. And it's like the funnest mm. thing ever. Isn't that great? It is. It's amazing. So Rycor, just to be clear, is a very specialized independent insurance brokerage that has developed some really cool software that solves problems for compliance and verification for franchisors and their franchisees. And that's about it. That's the whole story, right? That's it. That's it. I love it. What yeah. a beautifully <laughs> simplistic, but innovative way of approaching the conversation. My hat's off to you, man. Hey, thank it, you. <laughs> what you've done, if you think about it, it's not really that hard. Yeah. Just find the franchisors and help them fix their problems and sell them great insurance. That's, the, that's the entire that's story. It. But somehow the polish that you've delivered to the, the conversation is what makes it compelling. And I could tell just from your energy that this is probably reflected in your team and what you guys have done here. What's the team look like for starters? How many people are, are on your staff and what, is, yeah. and what does it look like to grow from here as we wrap this thing up? Yeah, me and my co-founder... We have two full-time offshore developers at the moment. We have two consultants that are doing our day-to-day -day franchisee deals. We have a, a dedicated person that does all, she's like the franchise or in, uh, engagement specialist. So she deals after, I, I still bring on all the franchisors. She then does all the onboarding and post-engagement. Like what we do webinars, educational stuff. We do a lot of engagement with the existing brands. Like it's really incredible to build up that reputation. Then we have a dedicated customer success. So I'm all about specificity in, in their job specification. Like what are they focusing on? How do we make them as successful as possible and get everything else off their desk? It's protecting, we call it the queen bee role. And so mm -hmm. the consultants are able to do their deals. And in the traditional insurance agency model, it's all about when we, we talk about building my book, building my book of business, I wanted to eliminate that language because what that mm -hmm. does is it isolates you from everybody else. And so we're building, we have team, we have people are working together collectively. We have, a, we're building this, this, I don't know, this machine, right? Like this, this thing. And so these people are, are more willing to help one another out because it's not just my book of business. It's all of ours. Like we're building it yeah. together. So it changes it. We also have uh, four back office personnel. Um, that's also another story I didn't even talk about. They're out of India. I did it directly. I didn't use a third party, man. That's a crazy story too. And um, some good stuff, man. So so growth this year, we're hoping just to blow it off. We're adding more and more franchise brands. We have a uh, <laughs> we have a very good close ratio for franchise brands. Let's we'll say that it's it's pretty exciting. We're got quite a few that we've already onboarded, and um, lots of potential this year to just kind of keep it going. I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question because our Freedom Jumper audience out there will be like, why didn't you ask him? You literally <laughs> had him right there in front of you. Are you going to make this something that you pitch to the industry and license and sell to uh, your peers so they can do something similar? Because that's that's the insure tech model, right? When you build a really cool mousetrap, yeah. you got to figure out, are you going to sell the mousetrap or keep it all to yourself? 
um, licensing. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but no, you no, probably no, no, no. thought about that. Oh, we've thought about everything. We have a massive roadmap and lots of potential, but I think licensing is definitely an opportunity. It's not in the near term. It's down the road for sure. Mm-hmm. This model, you, I'm sure you've already guessed, but it doesn't just apply to franchising. It applies to every industry, actually. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So we thought all about that. And, we'll talk and, offline. We'll, I'm sure there's say, other we'll things t- we can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's exciting, man. If you can't tell, I'm really interested. And I think <laughs> I think what you're doing is just absolutely brilliant. Oh, man, I appreciate um, that. The smile on my face should be a dead giveaway. But <laughs> man, bro, I just if I was able to stand and still have the mic in my face, I would stand and just slow golf clap. Oh, like, you're the this man. This is genius. You're the man. I, I mean, appreciate it. Yeah, it's... I'm just shaking my head, man. Because it, it's almost like Elon Musk and the electric car. It's like, what you did isn't complicated. It It isn't it And the isn't tech's hard. been around forever. Yeah, exactly. What you're doing is not like completely transformative, but the way that you've executed it with yeah. such precision yeah, yeah. is, is beautiful. It's almost art. <laughs> you is. go to your website, R-I-K-O-R.com. Is that it? Dot I-O. Dot .io. Of or course it's .io. You have to. Because, because yeah, you're a tech company, not we're an tech. insurance agency. That's of course for sure. not. <laughs> so your your website screams cool. Thank you. Like That's the when goal. you go to the website, it's like, oh, I don't even know who these people are, but they're cooler than I am. <laughs> yes. I don't know anything about Rycor. don't know what they do, don't know where they're but from, they're cool. but they're cool. That, yep, yeah. I, Whoever I designed that, bravo. Way to that's go. That's my co-founder. He's a designer by trade. And he, that's his no, That's his jam, it, man. It shows, man. And I'm officially like removing myself from your hype train that I've been on for the last, <laughs> oh, you know, 50 minutes now. For, for those out there in my listening audience, I swear this is not a paid advertorial. This is me finding out in real time that, wow, what a cool guy. I really enjoy this. <laughs> Thanks, James. Oh, Thanks man. for having me. Appreciate Dude, it. anything else you want to say before we no, get done? Because I'm basically good. done. I just want to shake my head and, and hang good. up the microphone. <laughs> this is good, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on oh, here. Dude, for those of you out there in listener land, go to rikor.io and just sit back and relax and take in all the good ideas that you can implement in your agency, in your office. Because I kid you not, there's so there's a bucket full of good ideas just in the way that Wade and his team have communicated their value to the marketplace, the language that they use, the functionality on the website. If all you do is listen to this episode, and go to rycore.io and take away one or two good ideas for you to use in your agency in the way that you present yourself. Everybody wins, man. Yeah. It's go do that before if you're driving your car, don't do it right now because I don't want you to get a <laughs> ticket for being on your phone while driving. Then somebody will send me the bill going, You told me to go to the website. Your, I got pulled fault. over. <laughs> yeah. And I will say oh. I, I I really enjoy collaborating. I love helping. So if anybody has has questions, I'm I'm happy to just chat. Like it's, I think uh, I believe in karma. You know, the more you give, the more you get in return. So love it. He is Wade Millward, the co-founder and CEO of Rycor. And this has been another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We'll talk to you again real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. 
Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now, listen, I'm an agency owner. And I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you got to do is you got to admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com. Check out what we do because we do all those bad things that you can't do. Really? And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good or you don't even want to do them anymore because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, at Virtual Intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial. But you've got time to search it and look at it. That's what we do. We deliver high quality VEs. We mix the technology with it. We train them on the technology, give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races. I'm not joking with you. You can call my agency at any time, ask for Lordland. And we do ask her, say, how fast are you able to do quotes? I've actually got a couple videos of it. That's right. We can do five to 10 carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes. So you give me an auto quote, I can do five to 10 carriers in three to seven minutes. How are we doing it? We're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence. Give us a call, check us out. You can ask for me personally, I'll do the demo for you. Who are they? Cast certified.